This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single day. All right, welcome back to another episode of Manifest Mindset. We're back with me and Nick. Absolutely, Bob. Um, so, Bob, I know you've uh, been a busy man. You just got back from a class. What class are you taking today? Well, well I, I was teaching class. I was teaching. Ooh, even better. Yeah, I was teaching uh, kids English. So, funny story. Right before this, my last class, I, I met, I met a genius for the first time in my life. I, so, so this kid, this this little girl, right? She she's five year old. She's five years old. And before I talk about her, I'll give a little bit of backstory. So, I teach from like five to like twelve year olds. And whenever I see like a uh, like a five year old on my schedule, I I literally get so scared because. Every time I teach a five-year-old, they just they just sit and cry, and then I can't do anything. Um, but today, I was I was mentally preparing myself, and I taught this five-year-old, and it turned out her English was better than mine. <laughs> so it was it was a great episode. We had a blast. Uh, we we laughed a lot, and it was good. Wow, Bob, that's uh, that's fantastic, my friend. Yeah, no, so, Bob, it's, it's, let, let, let me ask you this. As you said, you were going through, like, hey, I was mentally preparing myself. What was that process like for you? What did you do? Um, I just I just thought of moments that would make me happy. Like, like teaching, like, I had some good experiences with, with um, six, seven-year-olds um, that weren't terrible. So I thought about them and, and had this possibility that maybe this five-year-old would be like that. Um, there but, we go. A possibility to bridge the gap. Yep, that's it. What about you? Do you want to catch catch me up a little bit with your week uh, yeah. before we move on? Absolutely, Bob. So first of all, it was a uh, a great Fourth of July. We had a good time out here. You know, I'm uh, from being back home and everything. I'm actually used to this may sound crazy to some people, but I'm used to actually taking an entire week off for the Fourth of July. Huh. So we, uh, my grandparents and some family members out from New Hampshire, they've got a little uh, cabin up north, northern tip of northern New Hampshire. And that's our family vacation spot that, you know, we'll go there. It's right on a river, a lot of kayaking, a lot of four-wheeler riding, a lot of fishing, things like that. It's a lot of great time with family. So, you know, being from down from Texas right now, I can't necessarily get up there very much. So that's certainly a, a limitation. But it was a good 4th of July. We so worked did, you, did you go back up to New Hampshire? Did you go back to New York? Oh, What's no, not a, not a chance, man. I'm down in Texas. There's uh, can't, can't pull those kind of cards. Uh, okay, I, I'm sorry about that, but I mean, but you had, but did your grandparents come down or anything like that? No, 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 no family visiting again. It's too too far for any of that nonsense. Um, but it was good. We had a half day in the clinic that we worked, so but even some patients didn't want to come too early. So I literally worked like three or four hours in the clinic. Um, and then we had one of my, um, I guess I should say coworkers. I was gonna say friends, and that's. Even a good way to think of him as a friend more than even a coworker. Um, he was hosting a big kind of barbecue pool party um, over at his place. So we had a great time with a bunch of clinicians and their spouses and everything. So a nice hangout for the afternoon and uh, pretty late into the evening. Wow, that's good. That's exciting. Yeah. So yeah. It's, uh, and it's a good environment where even before that, I was like, yeah, these all these uh, great ladies and gentlemen that work there, they're um, certainly great fantastic people in the clinic but just as amazing outside the clinic too 
Yeah, it sounds like there's like a, a great culture between the clinicians and like every every like the clinicians in general. Like there's Absolutely. a good vibe. Yeah, so that was really good. Um, it was a good week, definitely a busy week in the clinic for sure. We're having kind of a day off. We had to get extra patients scheduled in there, so certainly a busy in clinic, but you know, great time, Bob. No complaints. Um, and uh, actually this Saturday. I took that day off work being two days after the 4th of July because a lot of people were out of town uh, for my personal training job. And that was the first day in like 23 or 24 days I've, uh, I've worked in a row, so I've had off. So that was a good feeling to take that rest and just take it easy down here. That's good. What did you do, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, not a problem. Um, in the morning, I worked on um, finishing touches, kind of finalizing a lot of the process for my uh, job applications. So getting a couple hours to work on that. And then the afternoon was all dedicated to a lot of basketball. And actually, I uh, it's actually kind of kind of random how this all happened and came together. But I'm certainly not complaining. <clears throat> in my last, like, two or three weeks in Ithaca, um, I was playing basketball with a bunch of, you know, the regular crew up there I play with a lot. And, you know, I forget how it came up even in conversation, but we was balling with this kind of new guy. And I mentioned to one of my friends about how I was going down to Dallas. And this guy's ears perked up. He's like, okay, well, I'm in, I'm in Austin right now. We got talking. And he was in Austin for the rest of the month. He was graduating grad school at the college. And he's taking a job in Dallas as a swim coach. So he just got down here this week. So uh, we were playing basketball for a while with him and a ton of other people at the gym. So, yeah, fun wow. time with that, man. I've been a little uh, church in the evening and some good times with some other friends down here. Yeah, That's a good – it sounds like you have this great ability to just turn off when you want to. And and that sounds, that sounds awesome to me. So. Yeah. And I think Bob, it's always a, a delicate balance of, you know, I think it's easy to take time off jobs or tasks we don't enjoy. Right. I mean, that's just, that's kind of obvious. It's like, okay, so I have a break. That means I'm going to do nothing of this thing that I despise. But when we're passionate, when we're excited about the stuff that we do, sometimes it can be awfully difficult or challenging to take the time off that we truly need. Huh. That's good. That's great. So uh, if we were going to go back to last week's episode, we, we ended yeah. off with a little bit of um, – with a question, I guess. So so basically what we talked about was, was this idea of the sunken cost fallacy, which is basically the captain of a ship never jumps ship, even if they know that the ship's jumping – or the ship's the ship's thing. Uh, it's like uh, throwing a rock across the pond and trying to skip a rock. Skip a ship. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so the the captain never jumps, even if the the ship is sinking, and that relates to to real life. Like you're too invested in something, um, even if it's you. Other people around you tell you that it's failing, or, or you you realize that it's failing. Um, you still don't jump jump out. You still don't quit, or you still don't leave it make a strategic decision to leave because you invested so much energy financially, all these things. Um, Absolutely. And, and I was starting to question if that was me, like when, when is it that point when you're going to jump off ship or, or when is it that you know that it's time for you to jump off ship and because the ship's actually sinking and not because you're just lazy and you just want to quit. Right. And, you know, kind of what I realized, Bob, is that when I'm in the moment, there are a lot of moments where, like, it's like, hey, a little pat on the shoulder, a gentle reminder that's like, okay, 
you know, you got to be careful. You get this thing might be approaching. And what I realized is that I really those moments in retrospect, those little taps on the shoulder are more like somebody bashing me over the back of the head with a bowling ball. So I'm too ignorant to uh, stuff on that sinking ship to realize it at the time. Would you mind just like uh, expanding on on those taps just a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, well, I'll, I'll give you an example, Bob, because you know nothing sticks truer than a a true story. So, um, I was uh, probably about a year ago or so. I was um, in a relationship with this woman, and I was getting little nudges, little taps on the shoulder, little you know stressful situations here and there, things uh, signs that things weren't going too well. Trying to work on the relationship, I basically stuck in the relationship for way too long, for way too long, and kind of a calm, no, I don't want to say combination, but one of those like taps on the shoulder that I recognized at the time was a bowling ball hit to the back of the head of something that was like, dude, this is a serious warning sign. Like, what the hell are you doing? Um, I was chatting with one of my, um, one of my really good friends and we were catching up and everything. I hadn't seen her in a while. I think she was just visiting from being back in town and all that. We were hitting it off, having a great time. and. Uh, halfway through the conversation, she asked me, and like we're having a fun time, she asked me, hey, are you still with so-and-so? And I said, yeah. But it wasn't like a yeah, like a confident yeah, yeah, like a pumped up yeah, um, or a passionate yeah. It was more of like, yeah. Um, and, and again, I, I, I think what I realized at the time was that I was more disappointed and Sad, both by the fact that you know this relationship really isn't right for me, and it cost me a, the opportunity of being in a relationship with this other girl, my other friend, um, and that was that was challenging and tough. Um, and ultimately, I was still uh, maybe the words I'll use is stubborn, or like you said, going down with a sunken ship. I stay in that relationship for another few months, and it lasted way too long, brother. Sorry about that. Now, no, can I? Dude, that's that's life, man. It's uh, no need to be sorry. It's all about, um, you know. I learned my lesson, but I learned my lesson a little bit later than I should have. So, so let me ask like a little bit more. So you talked about that bowling ball that you had. Was that mental? Like, was that? I know it's not like physically somebody hit you with a bowling ball, but like, was it mentally? Like, you figured out with the with you saying that yeah to your friends, like like the tone, or like when did you realize that it was? It was the bowling ball that hit. You. I was starting to get stronger and stronger taps on the shoulder, but I'll be honest, Bob, it wasn't until I was truly out of that relationship and I was able to reflect on that in a different context for myself. And it was then that I was able to realize that for myself. So it, uh, I wish I could have said that, hey, no, Bob, I was insightful enough. I was, I was wise enough. I had the ideas enough to recognize that. No, I wasn't. It took the retrospect. Okay. Huh. Well, thank you for sharing, Nick. I I appreciate that. Um, but yes, so, so yes, you're right. Going back to that, the overarching theme, I guess, of you you know when it's time to to jump from those the moments of the, the bowling ball or or somebody tapping on your shoulder, like th- those feelings getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, my, my my issue at the time was uh those inklings, those feelings, and when I finally said I need to jump, 
was when the water was already up to my ankles instead of like, oh, I'm looking down the basement of the boat and like there's a little there's a little drip in there. <laughs> well, I mean, there is a fine line of like again, like when like if you just if you just jump because you don't want to be on the ship anymore because because you, you you just don't like you're the lazy, color you're not willing to put in the work, right? Yeah, like you think the toilet is is too high, like yeah, you, it's like like superficial stuff rather than like actual. It's time to jump, right? There's that really fine line. Um, and that's what, what I'm trying to, to figure out myself. Um, but yeah. Now, Bob, Bob, let, let, let me ask you this, because it's one thing to be, to be general. And I found that in my life when I'm like, Oh, am I in this and my that? It's hard to define myself in a totality sometimes because what I found there are many, many areas that I'm very strong in and a couple at a time that I'm very weak in. So what areas of your life are you struggling with that concept with Bob? Yeah, so, so I'll get to that um, in a little bit. So last week you asked me, well, you you made this analogy that that's similar to, to what we're talking about about um, this this idea of the four stools or, or the stool with the four legs or three legs, yeah. one of the one of the legs. So once one of these legs fall apart, and you can, you made the analogy that these legs are basically your identities right, that, that one of these legs are falling apart, the whole thing crashes down. And then you asked me the question of what, there's this, my identity of entrepreneurship, right? Um, and you asked me, if, if this were to fall, if I were to jump out of the ship and take this leg out, what would I replace it with, right? That, that's what you asked me. And then we concluded our episode. Um, and I said, I would br- I'll bring my answer next time we talk. Well, now is next time, my friend. <laughs> so I I actually drew the the stool. It's in front of me right now. Oh, so Bob, 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 I hope for the sake of everybody listening out there that when you mean stool, you mean the stool you sit on, not like stool as in poop. <laughs> yeah, this. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm, I'm sorry, okay. everybody out there listening. It's uh, Bob. That's just a taste, as you know, uh, and can appreciate and detest at the same time my sense of humor. Yeah. So, well, let me give you like a more detailed picture of my picture on my whiteboard. So it's a stool on top of a table on top of a table. So. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go on a side tangent with that for a minute. I promise we'll get back. That gave me a great, uh, a memory, a memory to my senior year of high school. My senior year of high school on the evening of April 1st. Of April Fool's Day. So okay. it was probably like 11 o'clock at night. All the seniors were out playing pranks and everything. So we broke into the cafeteria at the school and we're like, hey, you know what would be a fun idea? Let's make a freaking pyramid. So you take all these like long tables and everything. And, you know, there are tables that can, you know, individual segments that can hold like eight people or so. And we start kind of making them into this like long uh, row. So like the first one, there are five of them in a row. Then we start stacking tables on top of tables. So on top of those five tables, now there are four tables. Okay, now there are three tables and two tables. But then on top of those two tables, five levels up, we put one table, and we decided, okay, let's set some chairs around the table. Let's, like, throw up some forks and knives and some plates up there and actually just, like, set the table as towering at the top of the ceiling of the cafeteria. So that's what you reminded me of, Bob. So, so what happened? <laughs> what was the prank? I mean, obviously the prank was was putting things up there, 
But what happened to yeah, that? So that was, uh, let me put it this way, that was one of many things across the entire campus. Um, but it was, it was fun, you know, people walking in there in the morning being like, damn. You can't eat anywhere except for, like, on the ceiling. Um, but we, we, it was funny. We had um, two professors who were married to each other. Um, and what we ended up doing is, respectively, in each of their offices, uh, putting up Playboy and Playgirl pictures for them. And then we moved one professor's um, office, uh, one male professor's office, into the female bathroom and set up and organized it exactly like it was, just in front of the, inside the female bathroom. Um, the headmaster's office, we took those little uh, Dixie cups, filled them all with water, and put them over her entire desk, her entire floor, and everything. So you can't just go in and knock them over. So it's going <laughs> to kind of flood everything, you know? Oh, man. Wow. You guys, it, it sounds like your, your high school took April Fool's to, to the to the next level. That, that's great. That's that's good to hear. Yeah, we knew how to have a fun time, for better or worse. Yeah, that's great. Now, um, yeah, so going back to my, to my stool. Hey, yeah, going, going back to something that actually matters. Well, well, not my poop stool, the actual sitting stool. <laughs> um, so there's four legs, um, and, and I think your analogy to identity, like identity that we pick up, um, I think that, that really makes an analogy to what the, the stool is. So, so my four things that I thought of was one entrepreneur, the second one is fitness. The third is physical therapy. And the fourth is family. Um, those were the first things that came into my mind. And I feel like those really, I guess, embody my identities that I'm picking up. Um, so those four, those four stools, those four sticks all go together and make this top part of self-respect to be Bob Chang. So I feel like if there's a good balance of these parts of the stools, they make up um, self-respect of Bob Chang. Bob, I, I like that. I like how you talk about um, these components. When they're combined properly and balanced, they embellish self-respect. Because there was a while ago where, you know, us having this similar conversation, you would not always associate your name and your identity with the idea of self-respect. So I I appreciate what you're doing, and I appreciate your transformation along this process. Yeah, well, so, and and then where I feel like it falls apart is when one of the stools is getting burnt, is getting rusty, is getting crumbly, um, and then just, and then the whole thing is falling apart. Now, before I get to that, um, the next part under the stool, so the table under the stool is is holding up the entire stool of self-respect, family, fitness, physical therapy, entrepreneur, and that's environment. So, so the people that, that support you, like the, the five people that you're around, the, the positive um, mentality people that talk about that stuff or talk about that to you or you listen to. Um, and then the table under that that holds everything together is mindset um, that I feel is this pyramid of chairs and stools um, that, that hold who I am together to, to make me function officially. That, that's what I feel like. Yes. Yes. Those are my words, Nick. Those are my words. Those are your words, Bob. And those are, those are your words. And you know, the powerful thing with you teaching English out there to all these youngsters is we all know that words are just images and symbols um, and ways that we can convey it deeper emotional, spiritual, physical, existence and 
you've done a great job cultivating this image for yourself that directly and deeply corresponds with something you're trying to create for yourself. So right now, as I'm feeling this, this sunken shift fallacy, I, I feel like there's a crack. There's, there's somewhere in this table or stool that's on fire right now. So, so it's burning. It's like 104 degrees and it's burning. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the actual temperature. I mean, like, like a hundred and, I mean, it's a number, so it's definitely an actual temperature. Um, <laughs> a hundred and four is like that if you had a fever, hundred and four, but uh, I'm looking at a Texas right now, brother. We, uh, we reached a hundred today and am I enjoying it? No, but, uh, I still got my, my legs working. <laughs> well, it's, it's a, it's on fire, Dave. So someone's okay, on no, fire. Well, like with this place, if you're ever outside grilling, um, you're gonna want to turn the grill above 140 degrees. Otherwise, we'll be there for a long time. Brother. You're, you're right. You're right, Dave. You're right. All right. So, so somewhere, somewhere, it's, it's burning. I and I, I think I, my main thing that I wanted to come on this this podcast or this call today was was how how do I take a fire extinguisher and put it out. Now, the first thing you might ask, well, Bob, what, what is the thing that's, that's on fire? What, what do you think is causing the whole pile of tools and tables to fall down um, or, or at least break down? And, and that's a good question. I, I don't know. What, one piece can, can lead to another to break down. But I think right now, I think it's the foundation of, of mindset that's causing everything to fall. If, if I'm going to be honest. And Bob, now, I'm, going to, I'm going to challenge you to be more specific with that as well. The mindset, hmm, the, the mindset, I, I think it's, I think it's the mindset to believe in myself. Okay. So I, I think that that's generally what, what, what I I, uh, I associate positive mindset with the ability to to have self-respect, the ability to believe in yourself, um, and again, this is the top of the stool. But I feel like I think with all these failures piling up and all all the guilt's piling up, I think that's setting a fire that's more than 104 degrees on the table of mindset. Bob, let me ask you a question. Okay. When was the last action step that you took, large, small, insignificant, or significant, where you had self-belief? Say that one more time. The when, when, was, the, when was the last, most recent action step that you took where you had self-belief? Self-belief, where I believed in myself. Yes. Uh, probably an hour ago. <laughs> okay, and what and what was that? So, so I, I was selling, I was selling, like acupuncture sessions to people, like two 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 hours ago, um, and I was positive that I could sell to these people. And did so you? Two, and and yeah, they they paid a good amount of cash, a good amount of change. Wow, you're you're right, Nick. And no, Bob, yeah. Bob, what, what if we're going to dig deeper on this? 
because this goes beyond just, hey, I got a good feeling in myself because I'm cool because I'm Bob. No, we're going to delve deeper to get some meaning from this. What was it about, you talk about the environment, the support at the foundation. What was it about that environment at that time for you that allowed you to believe in yourself? I, I mean, it, it was this idea that, like, I, I studied it, that I know, like, I know I've done this before. It's possible to do this again because so many people, like, I, I did it with so many other people already. Sure. Um, like, so you have the idea of practice, of confidence that you you've done it before. You succeed at this. You're in a uh, a familiar situation with this. Yeah, you're right. And how and, does how does that differ? What is the different feeling of something that you've never done before? Well, I mean, I, I one is is that I have more confidence to do it. Like I, I'm more readily able to do it, and, and two, it's like I have to do it, or else I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have food on my table. The urgency. But, I'm hearing yeah. the word urgency from Bob. I like that. I, I like that too. I like the word urgency as well, Nick. And it's been a long time since we've talked about this, Bob. But we have talked about this on this podcast. How do you create not only urgency, because like you said, somebody can hold a gun up to your head and there's urgency. How do you create meaningful, important urgency in your life? Yeah. And, and we I'm talk- going to answer that, then I'm going to answer that as well. So, so we talked about this a lot, like, in very in a lot of previous episodes. And, and to be honest, I, I'm still struggling with, like, like we, we talked about practice steps. We talked about doing things. But I'm still struggling to, to actually put that in action. Now, there is this artificial... Uh, urgency with with the five hundred dollars, with the the this podcast, um, and if, if I were to give you an example, Nick, so with um, taking doing like me, menial stuff, like trivial stuff, like entering notes for a student, like I'm gonna do that immediately because I know there's like this this government, there's this machine. Um, urgency system because if I don't submit the the feedback for students, I'm not going to get paid, right? right? But then if it's something that's not urgent, for example, like um, something for my cleaning my room, for example, right? So making my bed, that's 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 never urgent. I don't I, I, in my mind, <laughs> it's never an urgent thing to to make my bed. Um, sure. So so there's this there's this thing that I need to put that's official for urgency to happen. That's what I realized about myself um, for me to actually take real action. Like, like school, there's this whole system behind it. That's actually quote unquote official. Right. Absolutely. And Bob, you, you know, you've, you've talked about this in formally or informally in many situations where it's a whole idea of you'll get something done in the amount of time you have to do it. And I mean, I'm feeling like too, it's like, I have, so for these clinicals I'm on, as you know, we also give an in-service presentation to our clinic um, about something that's new, different, novel, something that would research-based information that would benefit the clinic. And I've got a really cool topic for mine, and I'm going to enjoy looking into it. Have I started it yet? No. And honestly, if I didn't have the requirement of doing that in-service, I probably, with everything I'm enjoying doing around here and everything, Bob, I probably would not start that until another like month or two months from now. But I've got to, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got to give the presentation in a month. So of course I've got to start that now. 
Okay. So I guess what I'm saying is it's important to have this internal urgency, internal drive to start that out. But as you said, we have that foundation of the table of environment. And it's, I'm all about leveraging our environment the best you can, leveraging those things around us um, to cultivate both, both the internal. But ultimately, you can only have so much of internal alone. You have to have that external the environment as well. I, I agree, Nick. I agree. So I, I think one thing that that made me have this aha moment again that I probably realized in the past, but now I'm just verbalizing it now, um, and I've repeated now twice. But um, what I realized is that if I want to have this, this self-respect that's all the way on top of my stool, that's having all of these things, if I don't have that sense of internal urgency, I'm never going to get what I want, or I'm never going to get my goal of that self-respect. Would you agree, Nick, or, or would, you, would you have a different opinion? I completely agree. I think that I think you can get closer. I think that you can do better without it, but until you get that, I don't think that you truly can, and it goes for multiple reasons. I don't think that you can attain it because truly you need both drives to make it happen really strong. In addition to that law, I don't think you can attain it unless you invest in yourself deeply. It's the idea of fulfillment. It's the difference between, oh, I'm happy, I'm content because I have everything given to me versus the fulfillment of having a purpose, a passion of working for something of energy. I like that. Nick. I think to find true happiness, true fulfillment, which is an idea that I focus on a lot for myself and the others around me. To find fulfillment, what we have to do is we have to be invested in ourselves and invested in whatever process it is to take action towards it. Invested and take action. So, okay, I like that. So, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you for for a tip. Thanks. I, I don't want to seem like um, I'm just asking for all the answers, but but I kind of am. <laughs> I, I, I love not just some people, but I love when uh, people say things like that. I don't want to seem like this, but that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> so, how, how can I apply that for myself? Like like how like how do I I, I like I feel like I invest in myself. Be be specific with your question about how can you do what for yourself. How how can I like how can I tomorrow how can I have this sense of self urgency that I'm gonna stick to. That's an important question you said, Bob, because you you led with the word sense. Sense is a emotion, it's a state of mind. And, um, you know, I know that you listen to a decent amount of Tony Robbins, and I, um, I listen to some of his content as well. He talks about this idea of there are two separate um, type of people. You know, you get all these quotes about, oh, there are two pe- types of people in this world, blah, 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 that, that, that. However, I do believe in this, that there are people who go by two different mindsets. And this can be changed. This can be fluid. So if you hear one of these, you're like, oh, yeah, that's me. Well, you can change that for the good or for the worse. There are people, Bob, that say, 
hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for the emotion. When the emotion is right, that's the time to take action. That's the time to follow through. When I am feeling it, the emotion will create the action. Okay. And that's what you're leading with with your question. That's what you're asking about how do I get the emotion to drive my action? Well, there are other people about that they don't feel it. They don't have that emotion yet. But they say, what action do I need to take to get myself to the point where I do create the emotion? So what, my, Bob, my question is going to reverse to you. What action do you need to take to not attain it, not to get perfection, but to get closer to feeling that? The feeling... Um, to feeling the sense of to feeling your sense of investment in yourself. You know, that, that's a great question. Um, what is that one action that that will allow me to to get that emotion? Don't, so don't, that think, I'm, don't think about it as one ultimate action, because okay. there are many ways along the path, along the journey, to get closer to bridge the gap. So, Bob, I'm going to ask you something different. Okay. Bob's saying, when you close your eyes, when you lay your head on that pillow, when you think about what would it be like, how would I feel, what would I look like, what would my environment around me be, when you dream of your future, Bob Chang, and when you ask yourself, what does this look like as I'm investing in myself? I want you to spend a minute or so now and think about that. And as the thoughts come up, without judging them, without criticizing them. What are you feeling, brother? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. It, I don't know why, but it, it feels, so, so you ask, so it feels lonely. Um, you, you asked, like, close my eyes, have that, like look into the future um, of of what you want to achieve, and and that one thing that you want to uh, generally the, the, what you're imagining that you're investing your time into is basically that that's what you're saying, right? Yes. So it, I don't know why, but but the first thing that comes to my mind is is lonely. Um, yes. Yes, Bob, that is an awesome answer. Do you know why that's an awesome answer? Why is it an awesome answer, Nick? Because you're telling the fucking truth. And here's what I mean by that. You're telling the truth of where your heart is and where your emotions at with this. Bob Chang, you're on the wrong path, my friend. Huh. Interesting. It's time to abandon ship, to jump ship of the captain of your ship, on the specific paradigm that you are involved in. And I'm going to explain what I mean. You recognize in yourself that if you continue the pathway that you're going down, it will be a lonely future. You've done so much pushing, so much drive, so much kind of excitement about, hey, let me, let me use social media to reach these people. Let me use this to bring them in and the relationship between myself, Bob Chang, as a creator and them as a customer, as a consumer. And yes, you've reached out to me to have these conversations to better yourself, and I applaud you for that greatly. But at the end of the day, you're still in isolation in your own world, 
trying to grasp to reach out to people in meaningful ways. And my question to you, Bob, is why are you still working on a paradigm that involves you stationed by yourself having to try and come up with all these different solutions? And perhaps if the road you look ahead is a lonely one for yourself and it's a lonely one that you have not the best emotional connotation with, how do you include others around you in your dream? That's a good question. Um, that's a good question. Now, I think, do you want to put this off till next episode, Nick, or do you want me to answer it right now? Because I, I, I don't have... I'm going to leave that up to you, Bob. I want you to do what feels like it honors yourself. Because honestly, can you repeat the question? Yes. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with my observation. My observation, Bob, is that if you continue down the pathway you're going down, you will have a feeling of loneliness. Your brain, your body, your mind, your emotion is recognizing that. And oftentimes you've separated yourself from your customer, from your consumer, from those who you're trying to benefit, perhaps indirectly. And so my question to you is how can you continue down a road that helps you, that brings other people in, includes others in your passion, in your mission, to a fuller extent than what they currently are? Yes. I feel like that's a question that's a very big and another 20-minute conversation. Um, and, I, and I feel like that can be next week's topic. I agree. I think that's a perfect way for next week, Bob. And I also have the, the instinct, the intuition, that the answer to that question is the answer of what do you, Bob Chang, have to do to replace, to change the 104 plus degree fire on your entrepreneurial leg of your stool? What do you have to replace that with in order to have a solid foundation of self-belief? I like it. All right. I think that's a perfect time to end the episode. Um, and Bob, thank you for your commitment to yourself. Thank you for your commitment to this podcast. And I, as always, I appreciate your friendship, brother. Yeah, I, I appreciate it as well. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.